my mama, on my hood. I look fly, I look good. I look fly, I look good. <laughs> What's up, citizens? I am your V Podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. Hey, y'all probably got that down now. I hear y'all reciting it with me. <laughs> We are on episode number 43, 43, 40 trees. <laughs> and um, man, I really hope that you had a great week so far. Uh, for a lot of us, we have an extended weekend as I believe tomorrow is Labor Day. So for a lot of folks, especially on the Western side of things, if you're in the U.S., hey, congrats. You got an extra day off work. Hopefully you get paid. And if you are working, you get overtime or or double time, I should say. Um, but yeah, I mean, some things of note in today's episode. Uh, of course, for all of you Bleach fans out there, you've probably noticed right off the back. Episode 22 has been delayed until September the 7th, 2023. So you got about a week, about a week. Uh, when that uh, the anime returns and also we're still getting things together and won't be able to bring you any top anime news and character analysis this week. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> it's just, there's just so much going on right now that production, we just can't get there yet. We're trying our best to catch up on everything. Uh, but I can say that going into our next episode, we will be ready. I can guarantee that. So book it. All right. Well, hey, of course, if you're looking on the screen for those that are watching our live stream, uh, we do have our summer 2023 anime discussions for our A-side slate. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing several topics such as going for your first kiss. Ooh, ooh, put them, those smooches. Oh, baby, oh, baby, I, li I, li I like that, I like that. So, of course, we wanna know, how do you know when it's okay to get your smooch on? Do you, do you know when it's time to do that? Hey, we'll talk about that later in today's episode. We also have the treatment of fat people. Why are you, why are you, why are you looking at me? <laughs> but hey, this is certainly something that is expressed in anime. So, you know, I think this is a great time to have a conversation about it. So let's discuss about it. And, you know, of course, don't forget, after our first break, we will return with more anime topics in the B-side slate. So please kick back, grab a snack, and enjoy the show. Let's go ahead and get into our first anime for discussion, and that is The Dreaming Boy is a Realist, Episode 9, titled Coffee. Kahi <laughs> with a ratio to milk about eight to two. And there's, there's actually a much longer name for the title, but we ain't going to be saying all that, right? <laughs> well, after ending the work shift for their part-time jobs at a local bookstore, Wataru and Mina are met by Mina's big brother, Yu Ichinose. Now, Yu expresses that he wants his sister to stop working at this part-time job, and he wishes that things can go back to like things were before, when they spent time together hanging out, 
This was up until you started a romantic relationship with his new girlfriend, Yudi Hanoko. Hanoka. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, basically the little sister sees her brothers all scooched up with some new girl and is like, what is going on? Like, I normally spend time with my brother and we're close and I sit in this lap and I mean, yeah. Now, maybe everybody, maybe you're not sitting in your siblings' lap to read books and stuff like that. But, you know, there are close uh, sibling activities that happen that where someone could feel attached. So I kind of can see uh, Mina's perspective in some things, right? So um, during this conversation, we get to see flashbacks of when Mina discovered her brother, Yu, was in a relationship. So that begs the question, discovering your sibling in a relationship, has that happened to you before? Like, I mean, if you have a sibling, what was your thoughts on your sibling being in a relationship? Were you shocked? Were you quite surprised? <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I never was surprised. Honestly, I don't care who my siblings are dating, who they get with. It doesn't really bother me. And... I don't know if it's that if that's like a cultural thing or what, but I just don't get in their business when it comes down to romance. And maybe that's because I feel the same way for me. Like, I don't want somebody getting in my business. Right. Like, you know, you can that's your life. You make decisions of who you want to be with. I, I trust that, you know, somebody uh, or rather can be with somebody that you um, can confide in and that's likable, approachable. Uh, honest and all these other good qualities that you would hope to have in a relationship right now but i do wonder like why is this so taboo like i don't know if that's y'all experience in uh your when it comes down to your siblings and relationships but do y'all have that you know open line of communication where y'all can discuss relationships curious i'm really curious about that um Fifi. Hey, what's up, Fifi? It's been a while. I hadn't seen you in a, quite some time. Glad to see you pull up on us. Uh, Fifi says, mine were, but you're a baby. <laughs> they were like 16. <laughs> hey, don't you hate that when you get like little bro or little sis? Right? You know, it's, it's, it is a terrible feeling. You know, and I, I to some degree, I can say that I did that to my younger brothers, um, but it wasn't out of you know, them being like me worried about their relationship or anything like that. It's, hey, we're doing something that you probably should not witness right now. You know, and then, I mean, and in the hindsight, I kind of wonder, was it really that serious? Like, was it really that serious to not make them aware of certain things, you know? And so what, maybe one day I'll bring my my little brother here and have him get on, on, on the, um, on the show and talk to y'all about some of those experiences. Maybe one day, maybe one day, but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, relationships, I mean, when it comes down to siblings and relationships, I don't think that most of us find them to be, you know, something that's a shocker. Uh, I think most of us are cool with it unless it comes down to you're dating someone that was told is off limits. Like, hey, don't talk to this person because of the reputation that they have at school or in the neighborhood or something like that. And, you know, you got some knuckleheads in the family that's like, look, I don't care what other people say. I'm going to do it anyways. 
And that is the arc of a person spiraling out of control. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. People say stuff all the time, and that does not mean that it's always going to be true. So, you know, you might be the bigger person and say, hey, you know, I'll make that determination of who, you know, what this person is about for myself. I don't want to listen to other people and naysayers, you know, and that's, and I think that's very admirable too. But I will say this, if a lot of people are saying something, there might be a little bit of truth in the details, right? Okay. Well, let us move on to the next anime for discussion. And by the way, Phoebe, how have you been? I hope that you've been great since our last time talking. Uh, you know, if anything's interesting happened to you, please feel free to, to share. Do share. <laughs> All right. And our next anime for discussion is Reign of the Seven Spellblades, episode nine, titled Explore. Very, very, very fitting title. So in this episode, Katie receives a letter detailing she now has the rights to Vera Milligan's secret lair. Ooh, a secret place? I want to go. <laughs> Pick me, please. <laughs> but excited about the opportunity uh, to have a unique place for their group, Katie begs the crew consisting of Oliver, Guy, Nanoe, Michelle and Pete to join her in finding this hidden place uh, to which they pretty much all agreed. They're like, yeah, like, you know, we, we want to check it out and see, you know, how we feel about it. So of course they go to this hidden place, they find it uh, and decide to make it their permanent headquarters as a group. And so, you know, I, I feel like most people might have a specific place that they go to, but do you have a secret space that you go to quite often or every now and again just to get away from everything? Now, for me, uh, to be honest, my crib, <laughs> my, my home is my secret space, you know, because even though I invite y'all, by the way, this is a, a shameless plug to join my Discord, Jay's Crib. You know, you know, we trying to boost up our numbers in there. And of course, you know, I'm not as active in the Discord, but over time, y'all can see that I'm getting more and more active and hopefully I'll be able to add more things as time goes on because my schedule is starting to open up and I feel very, very good about the future. Uh, but back to my crib. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, my home is it's it's a kind of a secret space because not that many people know where I live. Like even in my own family, like my mom doesn't know where I live, which is crazy. <laughs> How does your mama not know where you live, right? But yeah, my like a lot of my family members don't know where I live. Uh, a couple friends, like like I literally like a handful of friends, maybe two or three friends know where I stay. Uh, and that's it, you know, and I, I don't know. It's, it's not that I don't, well, okay. I'll I take that back. Um, I am very careful about who I give my space and energy to. And that's kind of a part of why my crib is such a secret space because I'm, I'm literally the person where you can't just show up in my house unannounced. 
that's not going to go well for you because I'm going to say, all right, well, since you decided to come out here without reaching out to me first, get back in your car, turn back around and go from wherever you came from. <laughs> I'm literally that person. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care who you are. You could be, well, maybe not my grandmama. My grandma kind of, she kind of gets, she can get whatever she wants from me pretty much. Like it's, fine my grandma gets what she whatever she wants that's she's the queen <laughs> she is the the hierarchy right the the patriarch uh but everybody else no <laughs> the answer is no infinitely <laughs> uh Phoebe says oh it's been a while my dude and nothing much at all really just been out of the twitch scene for a while but i'm back now hey that's what's up that's what's up uh any plans to start streaming Definitely let me know. I'll, I'll pull up on you. Uh, Phoebe also says, wait a minute. You Not even your mom knows where you live? <laughs> but hey, yeah, no, it's it's true. No, she doesn't. She doesn't know. And But the other side of it is I have my mom's address. I've been to their place uh, with her and her husband. And But she's never reached out to me and said, hey, like, where do you stay or anything like that? And so the way I look at it... and Maybe that's just because consciously I know my mom. My mom is really not just going to, if she's going to come see me in my place, it's because something really, really happened to where she needs to be in my space. So whenever that time happens, we'll make it work. And that's kind of that. But every other time, I'm always going to go to their their home each and every time. And so I guess you could say that's like our mutual understanding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, Hey, I, I definitely would like to know if you guys have secret spaces, please feel free to share that in the comments below and we'll go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is undead murder forest episode nine titled werewolves. Ooh, yeah, I almost started growling when I said that. Uh, now I know a special someone that would love this title a lot. <laughs> but in this episode of Undead Murder Forest, Rindo and the detective crew are in search of a location called the Forest of Fangs. Now, there it's believed that this place is the resting ground for werewolves. However, during this search, they run into a doctor named Heineman, which like Heineman reeks of um oh what's the guy's name from uh oh my goodness full full metal alchemist I mean he looks just like this character and I mean I've saw some people say that he the character also looks like um uh oh the Jaeger the Jaeger in uh, Attack on Titan I forget Forget his name, but the blonde hair guy with the glasses. He he looks exactly like that guy. It's, it's crazy. But anyways, they meet this doctor and, uh, you know, he's looking for a village's daughter named Louise. So he's frankly uh, or just um, screaming out, Louise, Louise, you know, in search for her. And as he comes around the corner, that's when he sees Lindo along with her detective crew. And they start having a conversation and he explains to them, 
Um, we believe that these uh, Louise has been taken by a werewolf where a lot of other young ladies in the area have been taken. And we've also found some murdered. Uh, and we have some evidence that we can prevent some bodies that were torn up and stuff. It was just, it was very brutal. Right. And so uh, just hearing this episode about werewolves, I wanted to know about the origin of werewolves. Like where did it all start? Uh, how did this come about? Or at least just a little bit of background of um, where it may have came from. Now in folklore or folklore, <laughs> I'm hungry. Can't you tell? I'm starving right now. <laughs> but in, in folklore, a werewolf or occasionally a lycanthrop, which I'm sure that I'm brutalizing that word, but I, I know that any of you uh, monster specialists out there, you know what I mean. Uh, or wolf human is an individual who can shapeshift into a wolf. Now, especially in modern film, a... Um, Hybrid wolf-like creature is basically what you would see in a werewolf. Now, either purposely or after being placed under a curse or affliction. So an affliction, an example of that would be like after they were bitten, you know, or they got a, a scar or something like that. Uh, then that's how they could transform into a werewolf. Uh, and then you have other times where the transformations could take uh, or take place during the night of a full moon. And I feel like that's pretty much like the main story behind werewolves is the full moon portion of it. Like, I, I don't think without that transformation after a full moon, without that, I don't think that you get werewolf or the vibes of what a werewolf is would not make sense to most people. Right now, the European motif of this devilish werewolf devouring human flesh harks back to a common development during the Middle Ages in the context of Christianity. Now, this shocked me. Like, wait, were you saying that Christianity played a part in something that we really feel to be kind of a mythical thing, right? Um, now, all those stories of humans turning into wolves takes their roots in earlier pre-Christian beliefs. So they're, they're saying that Yes, the idea of a werewolf happened well before Christianity, but during Christianity, there was a period where um, werewolves was kind of a thing as well uh, during that time frame. Now, their underlying common origin can be traced back to Proto-Indo-European mythology, where the werewolves is reconstructed as an aspect of the initiation of a warrior class and so the warrior class is called the Corios, Corios, um which i don't really have that much information on that warrior class but um it said that this also included in a cult focused on dogs and wolves identified with an age grade of young unmarried warriors which what <laughs> so, so you're saying that if you're if you're a young person and you're unmarried, then you likely are going to be shoved into this cult where you're focused on like being around dogs and wolves, and that's kind of how you became you kind of came into this uh this this nomenclature of being known as a werewolf because you're pretty much hanging around like canine archetypes. That that actually makes a lot of sense to me in a lot of ways. 
Like, okay, there, like you see somebody pull up with some dogs and some wolves, like, oh, there's the werewolf person. Like they're always with, you know, some dogs and, and it's seemingly like they're never going to be married potentially. Now, that's the way I take this is that they remain unmarried for a long period of time at, at, at the minimum. Um, Fifi says, hey, thanks, man. I like to collab rather than stream alone. Just working on my PNG while I listen. Oh, that's what's up. What's that? Hey, of course, you already know if, if you can share or willing to share, feel free to to DM me uh, a parts of the PNG ahead of a PNG. I, I, I just love looking at art. So feel free, feel free. But it's also, also no pressure, though. no pressure at all. You don't have to. Um, he says in early Christianity uh, was influenced somewhat by the local pagan traditions of the area as well. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what's so interesting about history is that I feel like there's so many uh, crossovers that happen, whether it be from a religious standpoint or through governance from like different ages. So, of course, you know, you got your uh, Roman Empire, you know, age where they were in power and because of how powerful they were at that time, certain stories got spread, which, you know, a lot, you know, some could be seen as uh, more of myth. And then you have others where this was something that was actually practiced. Now, if historians can prove that or not, that remains to be seen, but sometimes artifacts are unearthed and things are proven to be true. And I, I feel like, those little details or whatnot is what makes life very interesting in a lot of ways, you know, but I love a good story. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, I really love a good story. And I, I've, to be honest, those, a lot of the Greek stories, when you talk about those, like the gods of Zeus and, and all that, I, I really get into that. You know, I really am into, it. although I, Although Zeus might not be the best example because I think Zeus is covered in multiple um, um, areas and not just within the Greek culture, right? But hey, but okay. Um, so continuing on about werewolves, uh, in more modern history, the uh, there are numerous reports of werewolf attacks and consequent court trials that happened in the 16th century in France. Man, I, it seems like a lot of things that we covered in a, in the last couple of episodes, uh, things have been taking place in France or just in the European region as a whole. It's kind of crazy. It makes me scared to, to pull up there now. <laughs> uh, but in some cases, there was clear evidence against the accused of a murder and cannibalism. Um, but there was no association with wolves at all. So in other cases, they say that people have been terrified by such creatures, such as that of Gillies Garnier in Dole of 1573, who was convicted of being a werewolf. So in olden times, there were people that were actually getting locked up because they were convicted for being uh, werewolf people, which, I mean, how do you explain yourself out of that? Especially if, I mean, I think about, um, what's the word I want to use? Propaganda, right? Where you have information that's being spread amongst 
platforms and or or news uh, platforms, I should say. And maybe the idea is not that we're spreading true information. We're spreading false information because we need to bring somebody to justice to give the greater public some unrest, you know, some some relief to let them know that, hey, we found somebody that we think is the the person that's uh, been doing all of these killings around the area. And so we got the person, you know, and whether it's true or not. That's something that makes everybody feel a little bit more comfortable. And so in the in this example with Gillies Garner and Dole of 1573, it's possible that he could have been a part of that situation where there, were no, there was no proof at all, but they needed somebody to kind of go down for the crimes that were happening in the area. And that that's sick. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like that is so that's terrifying it's terrifying that you know you could have a lot of people go up against you testify against you and there could be no proof at all but because there's so many people that kind of come forward as being eyewitnesses even though they're lying out their teeth that could be the end of your life as we know it pretty insane um uh, Fifi says, yeah, we got some sick monsters in folk of uh, folklore in Europe. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot, you know, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of other areas around the globe that have, you know, history when it comes down to uh, folklore and and, and stories. Uh, but man, it's like the stories that come out of Europe just seem to be so um uh, violent. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best way I can describe it. Very violent. We talked about Jack the Ripper uh, in last week's episode. And man, the things that that person was uh, being accused of, hideous. <laughs> really, really some downright nasty stuff. But okay, when we move on, hopefully y'all learn a couple things about werewolves and their origin of course there's a lot more information out on the internet about werewolves so if you're more interested feel free to dig in and get your googles on all right we move on to our next anime for discussion and that is zom 100 bucket list of the dead Episode six titled RV of the Dead. Now, I got to say, it's a Zone 100 fan because I, they've this show has really kind of taken over and it's, it's super good. I mean, the artwork, the the, other, the the funny thing is with the main character, Akita, and I'm pretty sure that his voice actor is the same for Deku in uh, My Hero Academia. The character looks so much like Deku. It's it's actually scary. <laughs> and, and the art style is kind of reminiscent. I, I don't I I haven't I can't recall if the same studio or doing the animations as well. But yeah, the, a lot of it feels very tied like they're almost in the same universe. But uh of course, I mean uh dead uh, zombie-like people? Maybe not, right? <laughs> but yeah, in this episode of Zom 100, Akita begins to worry about his parents and wants to take a trip to his hometown. So, you know, he was he's, he's getting a little bit homesick, right? 
Now, knowing that his hometown is a few hours away, Akita and Kenichiro scour Tokyo looking for an RV that could make the trip a bit more comfortable. So they're trying to get cozy, you know. Now, I've never been in an RV. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Now I'm thinking about it. All the experiences that I've had in life and I've never been in an RV before. I'm trying to think. Like, maybe I have been in an RV, but I've never been in an RV that's actually like moving. I have to think about that a little bit more. But, but anyway, so uh, furthermore, uh, after finding an RV, they began their travels. But as soon as they reached the outer city limits of Tokyo, the vehicles, which included Akita and Shizuka being in the RV and Kenichiro riding on a motorcycle, ran over a spike strip that was laid on the ground. Now, who put that there? <laughs> <laughs> who put that spike strip on the ground we're gonna find out soon i hope um but yeah this caused the vehicles to violently run out of control uh which caused kenichiro to be thrown off his motorcycle while receiving severe injuries from the wreck so yeah he was banged up like i wish i could show y'all a picture of what how kenshin looks uh, but he was bloodied up. I mean, looked like he banged up his head and his and his arm pretty bad. It was pretty. It was it was a really bad accident. Uh, now, fortunately, a man and a crew of folks wearing baseball uniforms were willing to help uh, Kenichiro receive first aid, but only at the expense of Akita working two days of hard labor as equal compensation. Now. <laughs> this episode, there's way more layers to that than this little plot that I'm giving y'all for this episode. But <laughs> all I got to say is if you have not watched um, Zom 100, you really should. It's so, so good. And I think a lot of people, especially if you are the common blue collar worker, maybe even white collar worker, this is an anime that you would truly appreciate. Right. Um, but and speaking of appreciation, I want to give some appreciation to manual labor workers. Man, 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 man. Y'all just don't know. I, I truly feel you. <laughs> uh, the work, I mean, it just takes a toll on your body. You know, it beats down you over time uh, when you're lifting things that are 50 pounds or heavier constantly throughout the day. Maybe you have a dolly that you get to roll things on. I, look, I, I truly get you. You know, but for those that work jobs like this year in and year out, you absolutely have my gratitude because I know what the work is like um, as someone that has worked in logistics. I mean, I'm talking about transporting goods, inventory, um, ordering items, working on contract deals like I, I know the amount of energy and effort that it takes to do a good job and putting years invested in manual labor. I mean, like I said, it, it really takes a toll on your body. Uh, and, you know, that's actually some conversations that I have with some of my friends in, in trying to get them to uh, want to budge out of the manual labor um, sector, because, you know, when we get much older, you know, and that's the thing, you got to think about your future. Like what is, your late 40s, your 50s, and your 60s going to look like. 
And all of that um, amount of wear and tear that you put on your body, how is that going to affect you? You know, somebody that's done more administrative office-like work um, going into their, you know, 40s and 50s, um, but maybe works out a lot and stuff like that, their body is going to be completely different from someone that's a manual labor worker. And they've been doing it, you know, for 20, 30 years. You know, what could be like a 40-year-old to you body-wise might be more like a 60-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying that that's got to be true across the board for everybody because don't get me wrong. There's some people that they really just enjoy um, being able to tow heavy stuff. And, you know, that's kind of like their mini workout in some ways. And a lot of folks take pride in it. When I was working at a distribution center, that was something that I enjoyed doing. You know, got my, my, my gloves on, Getting up in those um, those big rig vehicles, those uh, eighteen wheelers, and pulling the stuff off the trucks as fast as I could was a lot of fun. <laughs> and until you start receiving backlash from some of your coworkers that tell you, "Hey, you need to slow this thing down," because we got older folks that work here, or we're trying to um, extend our work hours so we don't have to do any lazy work around here. <laughs> I'll try to tell you the things that will happen in the in a workspace. Uh, I mean, they vary. They vary a lot, right? But yeah, but hey, if you are a manual labor worker, I just want to let you know. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, like I said, I know the type of work that you do, and it's not every day that you get thanked for the job that you do. Uh, and you might be in a situation where. Uh, this is the type of job that you you can only do for uh, a certain amount of time until you're able to probably go into other uh, areas to work. So, hey, you know, um, strong salute and uh, I wish nothing but great things for you. OK, we move. We move on to our next anime for discussion. Uh, Phoebe says, "Ooh, I need to see this one. I love zombies. Yes, I telling you zom 100 uh bucket list of the dead is i feel like a love letter to folks that love anything zombie related and it's it's a, it's a very interesting twist on uh zombies that i feel like only anime could pull off only only manga anime comic book world could pull off i'm not saying that this could not be a tv show because it absolutely could but it would seem so far-fetched as a live action that I don't know how people would receive this. But in animation for, uh, for, uh, formation, animation formation, <laughs> I think this is perfect. I, I think you'll absolutely love it, Fifi. Uh, okay. All right, we bring on our next anime for discussion. And that is... Season two of Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation, episode nine, titled The White Mask. Ooh, who's behind that mask? <laughs> now, in this episode, continuing his search to find out what caused the teleport incident that destroyed his hometown and separated many members of his family while also confirmed uh, deaths of many of the villagers, Rudis asks Fitz if they know anyone that is a summoning expert in efforts to learn more about how the teleport incident had occurred. Now, Fitz 
she's like, yeah, I, I think I know somebody that could help. And he's, or they suggest to Rudis to talk with a special student named Shizuka Nanahoshi, who is also known as Silent Seven Star. Which I think Silent Seven Star, I think that might have been the first time that we heard this name uh, in this in this series of uh, of jobless reincarnation so far. So I, when I heard the name, I was like, okay, now who is this and why is this so significant? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> After meeting with Shizuka, Rudis immediately recognized that she was one of the members that brutally injured him in the past. And he begins to pass out from severe fear of her. So he sees her automatically starts having flashbacks of when he got hurt really bad and just starts breathing <laughs> and passes out, just literally passes out like from just pure fear. And, you know, before we kind of get into the topic a little bit, just talking about this episode, I was kind of shocked because in my mind, I felt that Rudis was the type of person where if he got beat really bad, that he would try to find ways to get stronger so that whenever he's confronted with a situation like that again, he'll be more prepared for it. But that's not how season two started out. I, I honestly, I thought that this, that's what this arc was going to be about where, you know, now Rudis is kind of a lot of things didn't turn out the way that he wanted. And so uh, to make things better, he's like, okay, I'm going to get stronger faster, but it turned out to be the, quite the opposite of that right uh so yeah you know so he meets this girl he starts panicking and it made me think about meeting your bully later in life have you ever met your bully later in life did you have a bully at first that's the that's the main question did you have a bully <laughs> um now me personally i never experienced this before because i never had a bully well i mean okay Technically, yes, I had people that attempted to be a bully to me, but um, I confronted them. <laughs> I confronted them like, hey, man, I, you got a problem with me? Let's fight. Literally like that. You got a problem with me? Let's fight. Like no backing out, no beating around a bush. All right, you want to you want you got a problem with me? Let's fight. Since we we obviously cannot talk about this like civilized people, put your hands up and let's get it. Let's get into it, right? Um, and I know that might sound far fetched, like, oh yeah, right, Jay. Like you just talking it up. No, I'm I'm dead serious. Like that was my way of getting across navigating those waters because for one, I'm not gonna let anybody just say what they want, do whatever they want to me. Like that's just how I was when I was growing up. Like I, I'm not going to say I demanded respect, but it's more so of because I'm going to be respectful to you and others around me. Like, I feel like that's something that I should be given. Right. And because I, it's mutual, like I'm going to give you that respect. So why not show me that same uh, gratitude? Right. And yeah, like I, I and I would say. Man, really, all every single time when I confronted the so-called bullies, they didn't want to do anything. And so, and so they backed off. And that's pretty, I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to be the response that everybody should give because, look, 
if you don't know how to throw hands, don't try to throw hands. <laughs> like, don't throw hands. But at the same time, I will say this. This is my, this is the way I look at it. When somebody knows that they can run you over, they're most likely to keep doing that because they know they can continue running you over. But in the moment where you're like, look, every single time you try to do something to me, you're going to be faced with this situation. Most people it's like, okay, I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of going through this. So I'm going to stop doing what I was doing before. And that's the way I approach a lot of things in life. Like if you can nip things in the bud in the beginning before they escalate to anything else that's more severe, do it. Because if you, you, I mean, y'all have all heard the saying, you know, if you give someone an inch, they'll take a mile. And that's how I look at bullies. I look at bullies as, as folks that they're in position. If they feel like they can get away with something once, they'll do it again later to fulfill whatever thing that they got going on, right? Uh, Fifi says, yes, but uh, many, but one actually stopped me in a store and apologized. I was very shocked, but happy about it. We talked about his tattoos. Now that's cool. Like th that's what, that's the stories that I love to hear when you get to meet your bully later on in life. And I, I love the fact that they apologized. Um, I, kind of a short side story. Now, I was definitely not the type of person that would, uh, the person that would bully people. Although, okay, there was one time when I was in elementary school where I bullied this girl, but I don't, I don't know if I would call it bullying because we were just name calling each other, but I didn't like pick on her, push her down or nothing like that. But I actually really liked her. And that was the only way at the time that I felt like I could express like, I'm interested in you, maybe, maybe by calling you names, because we that's what we're doing in class. We're calling each other names. Maybe that you'll have interest in me and we'll go that way. So that was that part. Um, but there was another time where um there was a friend of mine that was around like a group of us, like another a group of other friends, and we were all cool. Like, don't get me wrong, like we all hung out and stuff like that, but you know how like your sibling, like you have your friends and your siblings, like they have their own friends. It was kind of that situation where my brother, my older brother had his own friends and they would pick on one of my, one of my, one of my, our mutual friends. And the, the way that I am is like, if you're around me, you know that I'm going to have your back. I'm going to, I'm going to stand up for you. But at the same time, like, you don't let people just pick on you, say whatever they want. Like you got to get in there. And, and, and a lot of, I would say black culture, like you hear like Jones in, um, what is it? Roasting, um, dissing, whatever you want to call it. Like that happens very often. And so you got to know how to defend yourself in a lot of those instances. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying that it's right because I do believe if somebody shares that, hey, this is not something that I, I, I'm interested in. I don't want this. I don't want to talk about nobody and I don't want anybody to talk about me. Then they should be given the latitude to like avoid being talked about. But <laughs> but we know that a lot of times what will actually happen is quite the opposite. That's like giving rights towards someone to say, oh, Really? Now they're going to really start roasting you because of you being, I guess you say, quote unquote, sensitive. 
Um, but I look at I do think I look at that very differently from a lot of other people, right? Um, but yeah, in this instance with my our mutual friend, they were picking on him. And I feel like in hindsight, now that I'm much older and I feel bad about the situation because I wish I would have stood up for my friend as I have across many, many other people. I'm talking about, you know, those that were at the golf tables, um, the more like nerdy tables, however you want to look at it. I would always stand up for folks that were just different and unique. But that one instance, I guess because it was so close to home, I didn't feel like I needed to intervene or say something. And I actually reached out to, you know, my, my friend years later and said and apologized and said, hey, you know, I know this happened in the past and, you know, they picked on you and stuff. My bad. I should have said something. I should have done something. But I think the way I looked at it at the time, and I didn't make this excuse to my friend, but this is just me kind of talking about it now. I think at the time I looked at it as in because there was no physical contact that happened, then everything is okay. But now going forward, you know, as we're, you know, mature and much older, I do feel like that situation was not okay. And that's the reason why I apologize to my friend. So, but I mean, of course, no bridge on the water. My friend was cool. He, we were all good on all the courts. So uh, I guess you could say it was a happy ending. Phoebe <laughs> uh, says, uh, as kids, we think completely different and see stuff different uh, of of how it really is. Yeah, no, that's true. It, it, it really is true. And like I said, as a kid, I mean, I was very, very mature for my age. Um, but at the same time, there were things that I didn't consider that I now understand as I'm much older. And so, I mean, even when it comes down to like your bonds with your family, like, you know, you might have taken certain things out on your parents or certain siblings and stuff like that. And then later you kind of realize like, dang, like <laughs> I was absolutely wrong in this scenario, you know? And I, for me, it's like, that's, those are moments that are worth apologizing for, even though like most of the time it's watered under the bridge and nobody really, you know, people have moved on since then, but I think it's really important to express um, your love, your admiration and all those things for a person and let them know that you you understand the circumstance that was happening in the past and how you've grown from those moments, right? Um, but yeah, you know, so hey, you know, for those of you out there, you know, if, if you do meet your bully later on in life, I hope that you have a good experience. Uh, but I also hope that you're not chained down by those experiences too going forward because look, um, I've met people from all different walks of life and I do know that people have the ability to change. Um, and I mean, of course it's up to them, you know, to do the changing. Uh, but that's also on us as well as individuals of, of not letting that pent up hurt. If it is hurt for you, um, kind of decide how you treat people going forward in your life. If you treat them poorly. Right. Um, so, you know, I hope that, that all of you out there are, are, have grown from those experiences and that, you know, you don't harbor any ill intent or will towards other because of those experiences. And, you know, hey, if you need to seek counseling, speak to somebody that within close within your circles that you trust, uh, then do that, you know, because I, I do know that this can be something that can be detrimental to a lot of folks out there. So not an easy thing. Uh, but, you know, life is going to life uh, and hopefully we can uh, improve and become better humans at, at the end of the day. All right. 
our first anime for discussion on our B-side slate. And that is... Sweet Reincarnation, episode 10, titled Apples of Love and Sad Threats of War. Dang, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. That's it's like, I mean, it's a sweet and sour title, literally. <laughs> uh, but in this episode, Pastry runs to confide in his fiance, Licorice, that he wants to spend his life ensuring that she always smiles. Oh, oh, that's so that's so beautiful. This is so gorgeous. I love hearing stuff like that. I'm literally, I'm, I'm, I'm blushing. I'm blushing right now. <laughs> but uh, you know, and he, you know, is happy with the way that she is. You know, he pretty much goes to Licorice and says, "Look, I know that you saw what the Countess did, where she was holding on to me, but it's not like that. You know, I, I only want to be with you, and I love the way that you are." Um, I wouldn't change anything about you, you know? So he's pretty much ensuring her that, you know, th their relationship is perfectly fine and he wants her to have confidence in their uh, engagement. So during this tender moment, it seems like a perfect moment and Pastry begins to go in for his first kiss. Oh, baby. Mwah. Mwah. Wow. Hey, who, who knew this was going to turn into an ASMR stream, right? <laughs> but yeah, going for your first kiss. Now, what was your experience like going for your first kiss? Did you did you did you land it successfully? That's the first question. Did you do it and did you do it successfully? Was it a great first kiss? Now, my first kiss Dang, when was my first kiss? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I feel like there were just so many times where, because I've literally had uh, one of my ex-girlfriends tell me, okay, Jay, we've been dating for some time now. If you really like me, then kiss me. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like you just gonna say this all out here in the public around all my friends and stuff like that this is when i was super young right <laughs> but but yeah uh going for your first kiss you know now the first thing i will say if you're going to go for your first kiss here's some tips that you should consider before you do it all right firstly is there a mutual interest I mean, you got you got to know if there's something there for both of you, because if there's not and it's one sided, that could end up pretty, pretty bad for you or maybe even the other person that's trying to kiss you. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, mutual interest. Is there an ex it has it been expressed in words? Um, you know, maybe they said, oh, man, you know, I, you know, you, your kid, your lips look so kissable. You know, stuff like that. Like when you get tips like that, to me, that screams like, I want to kiss you. I want to make out with you. I want to do something, right? Or physical contact. Now, of course, this has to happen, I would say more than once because, you know, if somebody bumps into you or maybe you're sitting at a table and they put their feet on your leg or something like that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like those are moments that can feel good, right? Like, oh, snap, like, 
They touching me. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but if it only happens one time, then you kind of got to write that off. Like, okay, I don't think there's really much there. I'm just in my head right now and trying to make it something more than what it really is. Right. <laughs> uh, but if it happens on multiple times, they say things about how, you know, uh, cute your face is and how luscious your lips look or, you know, how they, you know, just little key words about all oh, the texture of your lips. They, you know, they look smooth or something like that, and especially the physical contact portion. I mean, look, if they are messing with your thighs and touching on your hips or your waistline or something like that. Oh yeah. It's game time. <laughs> it's game time. Do your thing. Um, so Fifi says, uh, uh, hell yeah, it did. I'm a stud. <laughs> my first kiss went pretty smooth. My, my second kiss, I accidentally headbutted. Oh, okay. Kane, I see you. <laughs> Kane said, I, I, I was in there, Showing them what the real street fight was about. The real street fighter. <laughs> a, a true ball rog main. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> but yeah, so that's great. So we got both of y'all had good first experiences. That's that's nice. That's nice. Uh, Fifi says, you sound like a real gentleman, Jason. <laughs> um, Yeah, I am. I am. I, if, I don't like to give myself too much credit, but... I am kind of an old school romance person. Um, I don't. That's just how I've always been. I, I and I really do try to see the best in people, and I want to treat people with respect. Uh, but don't get it twisted, though. I'm freaky. <laughs> I, I'm definitely freaky. But when it comes down to PDA, just public displays of affection, I'm not very. I don't really show a lot in public and so that's kind of how it is now like as we're conversing as we're having this conversation um i never really share anything that could make me look like just a downright nasty guy um but yeah i mean i there's kinks and things that i like too but i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that they're like over the top kinks like um, golden showers. I'm not, no, we're not doing none of that. I, I'm not that type of nasty. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not that type of nasty, but, uh, yeah, but at overall, though, I, I do think of myself as a gentleman and I don't know if it, it being a gentleman though, here's the downside to it. I will say that there's sometimes when you're looking at social media and don't get me wrong. I, I know that social media is fake. Like, a lot of stuff that you see is just an illusion, right? But that illusion does make you feel like the good guys, the the gentlemen don't really have a place in today's society. You know, if you're dating or going out there, because think about it, you got apps where you see someone, if they're not something that you automatically have that romantic connection with, you swipe, Right. You're moving on like you're the time and investment to get to know somebody and the things that they bring to could bring to the table and and I guess evolving to find that sexual tension, attraction uh, and, and other things that you like would like in a person. It It's not the same as it was probably like before Tinder and some other sites existed. Right. 
Now, and I'm speaking like a person, like I'll be on the online, like dating apps and stuff like that. I don't trust me. <laughs> I really don't. I'm very much. We talk about this old school thing again. I'm the person that, hey, you got to invite me. Let me meet this person um, because we have mutual friends or something like that. Very rare that I do I ever take to the Internet in trying to find someone to date. Just not going to happen, most likely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, kind of. So, uh, another thing about going for your first kiss is, uh, you know, was there any direct language that was shared? Now I've, I look, I've experienced this a couple times, you know, I told y'all about the young lady that was like, Hey Jay, like, if you like me, you know, so much, then kiss me. You know, if somebody gives you that direct language and says, Hey, I like you, I really like you. And they don't throw in like as a friend, then that's pretty much game of, hey, we can take this a little bit further. Now, that doesn't mean that you go all the way to home to to to, to home base, right? You don't go for a, a, a for the home plate, right? You don't go from one all the way to home. Like, no, you got base two, base three, you got and then you got your home base, right? So you you got steps that you can you gotta get to before you get to to the to whatever your ultimate goal may be. Now, I would say that some people they might not mind that. <laughs> they might say, "Hey, look, I'm look, I'm not trying to play all these games. Look, if you really like me, forget first base, second base. Like, wait, let's just get it to it. <laughs> let's just score. <laughs> let's just get to it, right? Uh, but I would say that most people, you know, you got to kind of build up some equity as time goes on, right? Uh, but yeah, direct language. You know, hey, they say straight out." flat kiss me what you gonna do what what are you gonna do about it <laughs> kane says uh yes sir going for the drive impact for real for real <laughs> all up in your grill i feel you well, okay but hey if you have any experiences uh going for your first kiss please leave that in the comments below would love to hear your stories and we move. We move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is. The Great Cleric, episode nine, titled Training with the Paladin Regiment. Now, in this episode of The Great Cleric, Lucio becomes concerned with his current fighting level and receives an invitation to the paladin regiment to improve his fighting abilities so lucio was pretty much like man like i'm going into this dungeon right now to level up and i'm i'm um exercising all of these uh undead people but i'm not getting any stronger and i don't know what the problem is so maybe if i join the paladins maybe i can figure out something that can make me much more improved and so after some training sessions uh, the regiment takes a break and discuss Lucille's circumstances while calling him weird as a unique healer who wants to learn how to fight with weapons and hand-to-hand combat. So y'all got to think about it. Lucille is in a guild or started out in the guild as a healer. That's what his role is. But he doesn't want to just be a healer. He wants to know how to do combat and stuff like that because his goals are ultimately is, hey, if I can protect myself and I can be a great healer, 
then that means that I can save more people's lives. And so that's his point of view. But from everybody else, your role is your role. Like if you're a paladin, you're a paladin. If you're a brawler, you're a brawler. If you're a healer, you're a healer. And that's all that you do. You don't cross into other jobs or areas skill-wise. And so because of that, he gets looked upon as a weirdo. And so he gets called this in a bunch of other nicknames that he received during his time of training at the Adventurers Guild. And, you know, it made me think about um, differences, you know, the differences that we have uh, and why we need to embrace them. And so, of course, Lucille, he gets called weird. Now, I feel like being called weird has layers like that has many, many layers to it. Now, well, I guess, the, you know, have y'all been called weird before by somebody like, man, Jay, you weird, bro. Like, you're a weirdo. Like, why do you do this? My answer to that would be yes. <laughs> Quite actually, most uh, much recently, I got called that from one of my homies that came by the channel here uh, a couple days ago uh, or I should say a couple weeks ago. Uh, ja, Ja, you know, he he well. He didn't directly call me weird. Let me let me scratch that. He didn't directly call me weird. He said the games that I play are weird, tend to be weird. Uh, but I guess you could kind of throw that in the category of being weird too, right? Um, you know, talk about these layers of being weird. Now, when I say that, I don't think that it should be confused with being creepy. Because I, I really do think that sometimes folks often jumble the two together, like, oh. He's he's weird. Like he's a weirdo. He's weird. And they see like sometimes the context makes it sound like it's they're really trying to say that he's creepy. Um, but I don't think that they are synonymous. I don't think they're two of the same thing. Now, so you have to decide with, with within this layers of weirdness, where do you fall at if you're the one that's being called weird? Okay. One, are you weird because you do something uniquely? So think about it. You you do something that's unique, that's different. Then also you can be weird because you stand out from something that is unique about you. So I guess an example of the first one of something that you do that is unique, uh, maybe you burp a lot. <laughs> like constantly burping every single time and somebody's like oh my god like you're weird dude that's something that you do that's unique that's weird although i don't know that might be not a great example of unique because anybody can burp right <laughs> but that's the best example i can use for that um then standing out for something that's unique about you uh we kind of talked about goths uh a little bit uh, a while ago you know goths emo dressing, however you want to look at it. Um, and I would say that because it has a, a particular look to it um, and it's not what most people tend to look like fashion wise, that could be something that makes you stand out and, and, and it's unique. It's a unique thing, right? And you could be called weird for that. Like, oh, look at those weirdos over there all dressed up in black and wearing like chain, long chains and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and then lastly, you could be weird because you just don't follow social norms. And I mean, if we're being honest, 
both of the other weird categories kind of fall into this, like not following social norms because who goes around just burping all day, right? <laughs> and as you really just got to burp. Uh, and then other, you know, with your clothing, you know, I to me, uh, I can see that not being a quote unquote social norm too. Uh, but at the end of the day, I really do think that all these categories of weirdness are something that you got, you should accept. You know, we should accept our differences because uh, when it comes down to like visually or physically, you know, there's some folks that might be uh, disabled, um, you know, handicapped, some, you know, to, uh, with having some type of physical ailment or even in appearance, you could look different. And that's something that could be, uh, you know, features that are on your body or it could be. Uh, visually with like your clothing and how or your mannerisms, how you carry yourself. Uh, some people could say like, oh, you're weird because of that. But to be honest, I, I really feel like these are things that make us so captivating. Like, yeah, I can see something being a bit off and make me may give off vibes of, OK, this person looks like they're going to um, do something violent in this area, but I'm not going to, me personally, I'm not going to make that assumption unless, okay, let's say they got a bat, a big bag on their back and that bag looks like something that could potentially hold a weapon. Then yeah, it would make sense to kind of make um, an assumption like that. Like, okay, I'm assessing the situation and this is what I think. But if that's not the case and they look a certain way, but it's not something that you see every day, the idea of me saying, dude, that dude is weird. I mean, if, if somebody says that to you, then so be it. But I don't think that that's something that you should feel bad about. I think that's what, what I mean ultimately throughout this conversation is when I say accept um, or embrace your differences, people can feel how they want to feel. But if you love the way that you look, the way that you sound, the things that you do, or even if you don't love the way that you look, the way that you sound, it doesn't mean that um, it's something that is frowned upon by everybody. And I like to think that there's somebody for, for everybody. And I don't mean romantically. I mean, there's going to be some friend, there's going to be some family member, whatever, that's going to appreciate you for you. And that's okay, right? Uh, Kane says, hey, being weird it just means you aren't boring. So I think it's okay. Yeah. And I, I, I think so too. Like, um, I was always the person that dared doing something different. Uh, you know, I know as a guy, or maybe so now like wearing uh fingernail polish, uh, or having long nails or something like that might be looked down upon, but that was something that I was actually really curious about like, man, how would I look like with black nails or purple nails? And I did it just because I was curious, you know, and I wanted to see how I look. And I'm not going to lie. I wish I had pictures that I could show y'all, but my fit was fire. <laughs> I had this black, purple and silver fit that matched with my nails at the time. And it was sick. Like it was so, so sick. But here's a, here's what's so ironic about that situation. So let me give y'all a little bit more context. I used to go to rock concerts all the time and they would be like very like um, underground rock concerts. So metal, uh, grunge, I mean, all types of, 
like music in the in the I guess you say under the rock umbrella, and that it was fun. I just like being experiencing something different. And as I'm seeing folks in like the different styles and things that they're wearing, I became more curious of man. I want to kind of explore what it would be like if I had you know different color nails, and so. In hindsight, like now in 2023, you have a lot of men that have embraced that more so than they have in the past of wearing, you know, uh, nail polish and stuff. And I think that's so cool. I think that's badass. Like you should be able to express yourself in any way that you see fit. As long as it's not hurting nobody, then what's the problem? That's the way I look at it. And so you have someone like uh, rappers like ASAP Rocky who recently, you know, comes out with a video where he's rocking a kilt, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that you've had other people like Kanye West rock a kilt before, too. But it's really cool that they're really sticking with this kind of design and trying to do things that's a little bit different, even though they might be accepted in other cultures elsewhere. But, yeah. Yeah, Fifi says, yeah, I agree with Kai. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's true, like... You know, why be boring? <laughs> why? Like, that's the whole thing. Like, and that, it's funny. We kind of talk about differences. But the fact that n- normal people aren't different is like, that's what makes you different. Like, you're a normie. <laughs> like, you're like everybody else. Ew, get away from me. Like, you could, you could literally pester somebody for not being weird, right? Hilarious. <laughs> okay. Well, we move. We move on to our... Next anime for discussion, and that is Duroni Kenshin 2023, of course, <laughs> episode nine, titled The Oniwa Banshu Strike. Now, in this episode, Kenshin and Sanosuke begin combat with a member from the Oniwa Ban. Although I'm I'm probably brutalizing this name with this group <laughs> named uh, Hyotoko, Hyotoko, whom has the special ability to shoot fire breath attacks. Now, despite his size, and this is a mighty, mighty huge dude, uh, Sanosuke was able to intervene in the fight and beat him swiftly with a kick to the face. He's like, boom, I got your, I got your, I got your, uh, Yo, uh, yo, yo, you, you said you want to fight somebody. I got your, your person you want to fight right here. I'm in your face, right? Live and direct. <laughs> so he kicks him in the face, knocks him out cold. And so upset about the idea of failing their mission, Hiltako's partner, Bashimi, tries to shoot a poisonous dart at the beautiful Megumi in hopes to land a deadly hit. Now, realizing the situation, the young swordsman in training, Yahiko, jumps in front of Megumi and directly hits her or hits him in a hand with the dart, uh, where he immediately starts showing effects from the poison. And jumping into quick action, Megumi shares medical knowledge in hopes to sh- uh, save the boy's life. So, Yahiko pretty much like, I'll save you, literally jumps in front of a bullet. Well, in this case, a dart <laughs> gets smacked in the hand and you can see like the wound uh, hit his hand. Uh, and immediately he starts having these side effects from the poison and unbeknownst to 
uh, Kenshin and Sonosuke and the rest of the crew, they didn't know that Megumi had a bunch of medical knowledge. And so she was very, very quick. She's like, hey, I need you to get this herb. I need you to get some hot, uh, some some moist rags. And I need you to take them to the, the closest doctor that, and bring all this equipment, to, uh, you know, on the scene. And so it was really cool, like, to see that she was that concerned, but she had that amount of information. And so, of course, I want to appreciate doctors in, for this episode of Veroni Kinchin. Um, man, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to doctors and why I feel like they should be appreciated is the sheer amount of school that a doctor, or I should say a majority of doctors have to endure is insane. <laughs> I mean, it's truly maddening how much school doctors have to go through. Um, now, if you're in the U.S., uh, you must complete a four-year undergrad school program, then attend a medical school for four years, and then after that, spend another three to seven years as a resident, which the way I look at a resident is more like um, uh, on-the-job stu studies or on-the-job working for the most part. And so that would mean that you'd have to study and work between 10 to 14 years just to become a doctor. Holy smokes. <laughs> what the hell? Like, who is in school that long? Like, if y'all are anything like me, by the time y'all got out of high school, you're like, look, I'm going to try to do these four years in college if I can, get them out the way. But after this, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going to go find me a cozy, comfy job somewhere, and I'm going to sit my tail down because I do not want to go to school any longer. Well, I, actually, I'll take that back. It depends. I had a pretty fun college experience, so maybe if I would have, I could have stayed a couple more years and I would have been fine. But I really do think that the company that you keep when you're in school really, really matters as well. Because a lot of my friends that I had, they were like a year ahead of me. And so for me, there was an incentive to like finish school as soon as possible because the friends that I made, they pretty much graduated and went on to do different things in their lives. So I can imagine like if you're on a mission to become a doctor, you've seen people come and go maybe transfer to other um, schools uh, and, you know, while they're seeking their medical career. And that's got to hurt. Like that's got to hurt knowing that people are kind of coming and going and you're kind of left on this island alone, Let, you know, and that and just the workload all by itself is enough to kind of make someone that sane probably feel insane in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Right. Um, Another thing is the determination and dedication that you have to do in order to become a doctor. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, we talk about the years, the 10 to 14 years just to become a doctor, but think about everything else that's in between. I'm sure that uh, people that are, you know, become doctors, they have to deal with their share of family problems, uh, issues between friends, siblings, um, Maybe you have to work a part-time or full-time job. Like, I mean, that's an appreciation all by itself. Like having to work a full-time job and going to school full-time too. How do you do that? I, I, that's, look, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. 
uh, Kane says, "Hey, I finished high school and couldn't do anymore." <laughs> he said, "He said after high school, I threw in a white towel." You know, and I, I honestly, I get that. You know, I honestly get that. You know, going school is something that's not for everybody. You know, now one thing I will say is, I do push education a lot. That's something that y'all will hear me often talk about because I do think that education is important. But I think the way of how people go about getting educated and, you know, gaining more knowledge and more information and, and you know, kind of coming into wisdom, uh, maybe that's a technical school. Maybe that's something where uh, you, you take a trade and maybe you want to become a plumber or something. Uh, and maybe you're in a, in a, a um, program where you do maybe two years of on-the-job studies. Uh, and you become masterful later on from that, those experiences of, of kind of being a journeyman. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I think that that's another great way of going about uh, going about becoming a, a expert in your field and becoming educated because you're going to learn a lot of things in life that way too, right? Uh, imagine the, the different customers that you meet along that journey. I'm sure that you'll learn a thing or two from customers too, because one thing I can say, I know a lot of times we hear about irate customers, but think about the customers that just love having a chat, you know? And I, I have those frequently where it's like you talk to somebody and y'all are just kind of shooting the stuff and um, they just start talking about just random experiences that they may have had in hopes that they could shed some light on some things that could possibly help you. And those are all like building blocks for that, for things in life that maybe you might not need that information now, but who knows five years from now, 10 years from now, that information could have been vital and helped you uh, make a really good decision on something, you know? Uh, Kane says, yeah, for real, for real. Knowledge is power. Yeah. Straight up. Like it really, it really is. And, um, Man, I mean, as someone that graduated college, uh, <laughs> I truly believe that <laughs> most of my experiences or things that I benefited from didn't necessarily come from school. A lot of stuff came from just like things that I learned from just being in my neighborhood, but, you know, from the streets, um, from more people that were older or more mature than me. Um, yeah, like, I mean, it, information comes in all forms, shapes, sizes, and different places. So, you know, keep an open heart and open mind to things. You never know what, what comes your way. Uh, what else did I want to talk about when it comes down to doctors and why I love them so much? Uh, <laughs> now, oh, yeah, I did want to talk about this. So I know that we often hear from, like, younger folks. Think about it. Like, when you were younger the amount of times that you heard a kid say, oh, I want to be a doctor when I grow up, right? Now, I, I kind of wonder, is that is that a relic of the past? Is that something that young folks really aspire to be still? Like, do we want to still be doctors now? I don't know. I, I really do think that that mindset has changed. And I think if you ask the common person, you know, let's say if they're... um. Let's say let's say that they're 19 years or younger. Well, no, let's go younger than that. Let's say let's say that they're 15 years or younger. I think a lot of them would say, I want to be a YouTuber. 
<laughs> I want to be a content creator. Um, you might have some that say, I want to start my own business. Uh, but whatever those entrepreneurial areas would be, it probably would be something that's kind of related to the internet in some some way, right? And so, I don't know. I, but I really do think the sheer number or, or amount of time that you spend uh, doing school, I think that's the put off. I think that's the reason why you're not going to ha- hear so many people say today, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. Because once you come into knowledge of you're going to be spending significant years in school and then you're going to have to pretty much like land the job somewhat as like an intern uh, eventually, but to become a full fledged doctor, that's a turnoff. I, I know for me, if you tell me, oh, b- by the way, Jay, after your four years of college, you're going to have to do six more years of studies and stuff like that. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, who? Who going to do six more years of study? <laughs> you got me messed up. You definitely not talking to me, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, Phoebe says, sorry, I can't, tr- I can't source trust, uh, trust me, bro. Oh, wait, hold on. I need to move up a little bit. Uh, yeah, they actually do. They've done studies. Oh, they have studies of, um, we're talking about, uh, uh, younger folks that want to become doctors. Uh, Fifi says, uh, sorry, I can't source, but trust me, I think kids are moving away from college focused careers. Not going to lie. Uh, don't forget the student debt as well. Um, uh, Kane says, I want to be retired when I grow up. <laughs> hey, can I just retire? Like once, once I'm, once I'm of age, can I just sit down somewhere and just collect monies? <laughs> but yeah, no, Fifi, I, 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 I don't, I don't think that you need to provide any sources because it just makes sense, you know, and I'm, you know, if there's somebody out there that has sources that can refute this, I mean, please feel free to share that information, but I do think that the younger generation, I mean, honestly, I don't even know if we can really pin it on the younger generation of like teens uh, or younger. I think even people in their early thirties are getting to that place where it's like, I don't want to do a whole bunch of like laborist stuff. I want to do things that are a lot more chill, relaxed, entertaining, fun, whatever. Um, And that's the line that I'm going to push in order to become successful. Uh, Like the, the, the tiers or the careers, I should say that require a lot of being studious to studying a lot around the clock. Man, I don't know. That's out. <laughs> I think that's out for a lot of people, you know. So I, I wouldn't doubt that, Fifi. I, I really think that you you got a point there. Uh, and she says, uh, Fifi says, yeah, younger folks definitely want to be streamers. Yeah, straight up, you know. it's, And I think a lot of it because you see yourself in it, right? If, if I'm looking on Twitch or YouTube or any of these other streaming platforms, or platforms where you can upload content, I'm seeing people that look just like me, right? Because I, I do think that the idea, when you think about a doctor, most of us tend to think about somebody that's in like their 40s on up, right? I mean, that's that's fair to say. You know, am I off on that assessment? I think we, we tend to think of a doctor being someone that's older, you know? And because of that, 
I don't think that a lot of people cling to like that. Oh, that's something that I can do. That's something like, oh, yeah, I can do when I'm, you know, up there in age, you know, something. And if not, it's something that I'm not going to be able to do until I'm older anyways. So why would I want to wait that long when I see my friends that are 15, 16 years old? Heck, 10 year olds that are making a ton of money off of YouTube. You know, it just makes more sense that way. But Yeah. But okay, but hey, that's my 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 dedication and, and love letter to doctors. I, I definitely, hey, if you are a doctor that's watching, or even if you're staff that's surrounding and assisting doctors, uh, you definitely have my thanks. And we I do appreciate what you do. And here on the BBP, we appreciate what you do too. Okay, we move on to our next anime for discussion. And this is actually our last anime for discussion. And that is season two of Jujutsu Kaisen episode 30 titled, it's like that. <laughs> it's really like that. <laughs> We're like, I'm really like that for real. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I, well, firstly, I got to say, it feels so, so good to have Jujutsu Kaisen back. Um, the six episodes that we got prior, uh, to the Shibuya incident arc, I mean, just giving us that kind of that history of what happened between Ghetto and, uh, Goto is, uh, just mind blowing. You know, it, it really sets the tone on what we could kind of expect going forward, uh, in this season, at least I hope so. I hope so. You know, I think it provides the great, the right amount of context for us moving forward. But yeah, in this episode of Jujutsu Kaisen, while walking to the mall, Nobara, uh, who I absolutely love, I think she's amazing, uh, is greeted by a young lady named Yoko Ozawa. And Yoko asks Nobara if Yuji is single. So she like, look, your man's over there. He got a girlfriend. <laughs> Is he seeing anybody? I, I need to know. So uh, she asked that in hopes that they could start dating one another. So Yuko begins to share moments of her past of how she was fat and generally looked over from other guys, except for our young stud, Yuji, who expressed things that he liked about her without ridiculing her about her appearance and weight. Man. So yeah, you guessed it. You know, we, we are going to have a conversation about the treatment of fat people. Um, look, we, this is the bingo book podcast, right? This BBP, this is where we come to have anime conversations, right? Now I, Look, I honestly was not expecting to have this conversation so soon. I thought we were going to have a conversation about this a little bit later uh, in our episodes. But if an episode comes out and it's like there's a topic that's literally punching me in the face, I got to talk about it. I have to. I really have to have that conversation. And so um, I'm going to try my best not to get emotional because this is a pretty sensitive subject for me. Um, where should I start? So, okay, let's talk about the 
fat archetype in anime. So all of you may know, if you've watched anime enough, then you know that it's been expressed quite enough about how poorly fat people are treated and looked down upon. And, you know, which I found to be very ironic because if you go to corn sites, I'm going to let y'all put that together. (laughs) Um, That BBW section got a lot of videos. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, like someone clearly likes it, right? Like, it's it's out there. Um, and then they also say that art imitates life. So because of that, there's got to be some truth to the experiences when it comes down to someone that is overweight or fat and the things that they go through. And so a lot of the trope that you see in in anime when it comes down to, to fat people uh, and namely, I would say fat kids, because it's usually in a student setting, I would say, a school setting. Uh, they get treated really bad. You know, they get called names. They get pestered on. Um, you know, they're not seen as attractive. They get picked on a lot. Or uh, most of the times, they just don't have any friends. Nobody wants to be around them. Uh, it's really, really sad moment. You know, it's it's really, uh, you know, it's they feel very isolated in the way that they're treated, you know, it kind of puts them in a very isolated situation. And I truly feel like that's how, um, uh, Yuko kind of expressed, uh, what she felt, but Yuji, it was kind of that person that kind of made her feel at least there's somebody out there that treats me a little bit differently. Right. And so I, I kind of want, I want to break this up in two parts, uh, one is VTubers because I, I really do think that I can't get away with talking about this topic without talking about VTubers and where fat people kind of land in that area, along with me talking about my personal experiences as well. So uh, I'll talk about VTubers first. Um, so I think we can all agree that when it comes down to representation in the VTuber community, it's mostly going to be thin, very toned, in-shape models, right? And when it comes down to like performance, I'm talking about like metrics, views, um, people that share, talk about them, they do well. Like anybody that has that very toned, in-shape archetype, their their models are going to perform usually pretty well. Uh, and Then when you think about the other side, there aren't that many overweight or fat VTubers out there. And especially that perform extremely well compared to their counterparts, right? And so it made me think about like, (laughs) kind of going back to what we were saying before, art imitates life, right? And so the ones that are winning generally are the ones that are, it look in shape, very toned up, um, very attractive, beautiful. Uh, And now, mind you, that's not to say that the same can't be for someone that is overweight or fat. Like, it can happen, but the landscape is uh, skewed. (laughs) It's very, very, very skewed, I would say. Um, But for what reasons? For what reasons? You know, I think we can go down this rabbit hole a little bit more. Uh, 
Cain says, hey, the word bat <laughs> with an F is automated, by the way. Really? Is that true? I did not know that. Oh, you know what? <laughs> it's, it was probably a, sa a safety mechanism that I put <laughs> put out there. <laughs> I, ain't nobody gonna be gonna be slanging that F word around here. The the other F word. <laughs> hey, but I think you can spell it with the P P H. Can you spell it fat P H A T? I think that might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so sorry I, I apologize about that I didn't even think about that but you know what's so crazy about that we talk about it being auto modded I don't even though I have it banned I really don't care if people call me that or not I, I, I really did that mostly for someone that might be overweight or fat if they seek um, refuge in our in, in, in our community I wanted them to feel like this is a safe space where they can kind of get away from someone that could be pestering them uh, because of the way that they look, their size. And so that was mostly like me looking out and protecting other members that might feel um, isolated from that. Right. And so, OK, so, you know, so now kind of tying this in as we talk about VTubers with my personal experiences and y'all can kind of see like how they overlap or are layered, you know, on top of each other. So, um, personally, like I, I've seen both sides, like I've been super thin and in shape and I've been very big and out of shape. And there was, I was treated differently in both capacities when I was, Thin and very in shape. Um, I'm not saying I got like the world handed to me, but I had very, very pleasant experiences. Um, more people were willing to come up to me and, you know, say hi or share their thoughts or feelings or whatever the case may be. Like, um, you know, hey, can I get your phone numbered? All those different things. And it's not to say that it hasn't happened to me being fat, but it's definitely much less. It happens much less. Um, whereas on the other side, being fat or being overweight, you feel like nobody really wants to be around you. You know, you don't you don't really feel like a whole person. You know, you don't feel like somebody that's actually in society and it's kind of frowned upon. Right. You know, you see somebody that's severely overweight. Just think about it. Those shows where it's like um, my 600 pound. Um, oh, life. I think that's what the, the title of, of them are. And immediately the thought that could, will come to most people's mind is, oh, my God, like, how could they get that big? You know, or stuff like that. Now, even though this is a safe space. We do got to have some real talk now. We got we got to be honest. We got to be forthcoming about things. And of course, like we're not out to hurt anybody's feelings. That is definitely not my intentions. Um, but because this is really me saying that, uh, well, I, let me turn that around. I'm not saying that being fat should be an acceptable practice. That is not what I'm trying to say here. But this is me saying that you really never know what a person is going through. So kind of like uh, 
um, our young lady, Yuko, earlier in, in Jujutsu Kaisen, you know, she was going through a lot of things that she wasn't able to express to other folks uh, at the time while they were in school. And so you really never know what a person is going through. And, you know, I, I would hope that you could give them your continued support and efforts for them to be able to reach a more healthy lifestyle. That's what I'm really trying to say here is that, you know, instead of belittling somebody, you know, try to build them up, you know, try to, you know, push them to be a, the best version of themselves in trying to reach a more healthier lifestyle. And I think that's the, the best way to go. Now, look, I, I'm sure there's someone that's like listening right now to pod and they're like, man, if you don't shut your fat ass up, <laughs> why is he fat splaining? <laughs> I know there's somebody out there like that. There's probably going to be somebody in the comments that's going to say something like that, right? Which fat splaining, I don't even know if that's like a word, if that's a term that, that people use. Is that is that a thing, y'all? I don't know. Uh, Kane says... Larger people in anime are almost always portrayed as the joke or villain characters as far as I can remember. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And I'm glad you pointed out uh, the villain characters because that's true. They uh, A lot of times, a lot of the big people are, you know, overweight, you know, or, or much larger, you know, larger than life, you know. Um, Fifi says, oh, those shows are so uh, exploitive those poor people. Yeah, it it they are. They are um but you know it's even though they are exploitive I I do look at the business side of things of there's a market for that. There is a market for people that are just interested in something that you don't see every day because even though, you know, especially if you're in America and how they say that uh, the United States is pretty much like the the leader of overweight people. Um, it's not every day that you'll see somebody that's like 600, 700 pounds, right? That is a pretty unique thing, you know? And so for it to be something that's showcased on TV, I can kind of see why there's such a mystique and why, you know, they probably do so well when it comes down to numbers because it's very rare, you know? And, but, I don't I don't want to make an excuse for it because at the same time it's like okay well there's not there might be there there might not be that much representation in other uh people of color in let's say uh superhero movies right or shows and because that's super rare they should make the shows right but that 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 hasn't really happened as much correct so I don't say that I don't think that that's the 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 best excuse that you can use for such a thing. I, I mean, really, it just kind of comes down to it's show business, and that's the thing that they can push uh, that can do well and and make you know TV stations money and get you know have high viewership. And don't and we definitely see it on social media where videos get shared all the time of I, I forget the doctor's name. That is generally like the person that that's uh, the head of that show, or at least the fit the face of that show. But you see videos of him all the time coming inside of an office, looking at a fat person, and like, okay, last month we 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 worked on these different things to get your weight under control, 
and you are continuing to do bad habits, right? So, yeah, I mean, those are definitely things that happen and it's unfortunate. But what I would say to, you know, anybody that's watching or listening right now, uh, once again, you know, if there's somebody that's going through things in life and they're overweight or they're, you know, really fat, um, you know, try to be as supportive as you can because, you know, me, my personal experience has been motivation. I've dealt with uh, weight battles pretty much like all throughout my young adulthood. And um, in those experiences, it wasn't because I didn't know what to do to lose weight or what I needed to do to lose weight. It was literally just not having the motivation to do it. Because it's like, okay, why should I do this when I'm not looking to be in a relationship? Why should I do this when um, I enjoy eating all this food? <laughs> I mean, look, I, I I don't mean to laugh because this is not this is definitely not a, a laughing matter for some moments. But me just looking inward at myself, it's like you make different reasons of why you live a certain lifestyle, and it's it's mostly mental. It really is. A lot of the times, it's mostly mental. And until you kind of break that cycle and decide for yourself, like okay this is the way that I want to look. This is the way and, and it's for myself because I want to live a, a healthier lifestyle to when you can start having um, that much needed change. But when you have other people that's kind of like your friends or family uh, or even people that's kind of like onlookers, onlookers that's supporting you, it, it kind of gives you that boost of energy needed to make all of those better choices going forward. And so, uh, I am happy to say that I'm in a much healthier uh, place and who knows the person that you're talking to right now might not be what you see. <laughs> I might be a fraud. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, but no, that's all I really wanted to talk about when it comes down to um, the treatment of fat people. You know, when it comes down to, VTubers specifically, I understand that, you know, art imitates life and you're not going to see a lot of successful overweight. And, you know, to be honest, you know, I would say that that's something that we just kind of got to accept, you know, not, not accept in that um, there shouldn't be anyone that breaks through, but accept the fact that that's not the norm. That's not something that's you know, a lot of people are going to be doing. Most people aren't going to say, yeah, give me that fat model, you know, and that's how I want to be. I want to represent myself or the thing that I want. You know, that's not something that's normal. Now, for me, on the other hand, hey, 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 we, we hey, thick boys, thick girls. We here, we here, mom. <laughs> we here. I'm representing hard. I'm pushing that line so hard right now. So if there's anybody that could, y'all could look forward to, um, I I will say that this is probably forever going to be uh, my model type. And, you know, that's my thing. I, I want to show some representation. But once again, I want to be clear that I'm not trying to push an agenda of, oh, it's OK to be fat because, no, I think that we all should live more healthier lifestyles. But I do think that people got to consider, um, you know, your, your heritage, 
um, you know, the the line that you come from, because, hey, if you're a big bone person, most likely, you know, if your family is that, you're going to be that too. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to have to be that type uh, or you, it has to be that way forever, but you're probably going to have to work a little bit harder than others, right? Uh, uh, Fifi says, okay, I got to head out. This has been fun. See you in the Discord. Hey, I appreciate it, Fifi. Thank you kindly. I appreciate you for coming out and, and stopping by the show. Uh, Kane says, an imposter. <laughs> imposter. Bring. I, I can hear the um, the uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, exclamation thing going on. Durr, the danger. <laughs> A W for representation. Yeah, I mean, we just trying to sh- we trying to show up and show out, you know. And uh, I, but that's one thing I can say that I love about being a VTuber is you really see um, all sorts of uh, shapes, sizes, colors. Um, themes, uh, types. I mean, it's it's all it's a full gambit, and, and that's another reason why I love being a V podcaster is because I get to express myself in this manner. And I can't, I honestly can't say that a lot of other VTubers might not feel comfortable talking about stuff like this, uh, especially IRL stuff, um, because my channel, you know, BBP. We, well, not not so much as BBP, but just my channel in general uh, is kind of a bridge between IRL stuff, but also like entertainment and and educational stuff. Um, But I also want to be a valve for others uh, that might want some uh, beneficial information that could help them in their day-to-day lives. I, I really hope that I can help everyone in their in in their life their livelihood make great life choices so but okay well hey that is the end of our episode if you are a listener for our uh, dsps wherever you get your podcast from i greatly appreciate you for listening in uh, on this episode of course we have our episodes every week on sundays uh generally we try to be on live at about 7 p.m eastern standard time uh we would love to have you on our live stream platforms um that's youtube uh kick i mean pretty much the whole game at facebook we're everywhere I'm, I'm trying to we're trying to be on all platforms so um but hey if you are a new listener please be sure to check out the links below in the description as you can find more dope bingo book podcast content on DSPs, wherever you listen to your podcast at. Uh, And as before I stated, we are also on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and kick pages as well. I hope that you will join my discord called Jay's crib. Um, because hey you know i would love for you to hang out with me we also have notifications whenever i go live there and we love to have you a part of my community so uh, that is all that i have for today i promise you i promise coming into next week we will have my uh live 2d mic set up and we should have anime news which i'm probably going to cover the news i wanted to do for this week's anime news um I'll give y'all a hint. It's going to be about the RDC World Crew. So if y'all know anything about RDC, uh, Supreme Dreams, Mike, Mark Phillips, uh, that's going to be something I'm going to be talking about uh, for Anime News. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. To give them brothers some love.